So last week was an exciting day at Life Spring. We made it through chapter 6 of Luke. So on this, I, mean, I know, at this rate, 2042, and we will be moving on to the next book of the Bible. So that means you get to turn the page. So if you have your Bibles, open them up, turn the page to chapter 7. Now, chapter 6 was pretty power-packed. I was reading it again this week. Uh, lots going on in chapter 6. Jesus calls the 12 disciples, which is a pretty big deal. But then Jesus gives this incredible sermon. And, and we've spent the last couple of months going through this sermon. But if you remember this, he, he talks about the sermon or the kingdom that he's bringing. He, he talks about this kingdom where you love your enemies, a kingdom where you do good to your enemies, where you give without expecting anything in return, where those who are poor, hungry, those who are weeping, those who are hated are actually blessed. He goes on to say, it's where we do not judge, but where we build, if you were here last Sunday, where we build our house on the foundation of who? So let's say it again. You build your house on the very foundation of who? Jesus and the very words of Jesus. Just an incredible chapter in the Bible. But today we're going to be in chapter 7. If you have your Bibles, tablets, phones, whatever you got, we're going to be in the first 10 verses today. Verses 1 through 10. All right. Here we go. When Jesus had finished saying all these, all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There a centurion servant whom his master valued highly. He was sick. He's about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus. He sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking Jesus to come heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him. This man, the centurion, he deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation. He's built our synagogue. So, verse 6, Jesus went with them. He's not far from the house. And the centurion, he sends his friends to him and say, Lord, don't, don't even trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself, he goes on to explain, I myself, I'm a man under authority with soldiers under me. I I tell this one, go, he goes. That one, come, he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. Verse 9, when Jesus heard this, he's amazed at him. Turning to the crowd, following him, he says, I tell you, I've not found such great faith even in Israel. The men who had been sent, they returned to the house. What does it say there? It says they found the servant well. Pretty cool, huh? Pretty special scene in the Bible. We have Jesus going into Capernaum or Capernaum. And we've talked a lot about Capernaum. Uh, how many of you have been to Israel before? Right? That's one of the stops that you, you do uh, when, when you go to Israel and, and you see where the synagogue would have been built. You, you get to see Peter's house but Jesus, you just think of this, he's coming back and the centurion servant is really sick and he's probably going to die. Now I want us to track with what's going on here with your mind's eye. Just visualize the movement of what's happening. Jesus, again, he's walking back to Capernaum. First, the centurion, he sends these, uh, this group of elders of the Jews to Jesus. They're, they're pleading with Jesus. He's got to help this man. I mean, he loves our nation. He's built our synagogue. So Jesus goes with them. So Jesus is walking towards the house. He isn't far from the house when the centurion sends another group of people. This time it says it's his friends. And they have a message. And the message is from the centurion. And so they're speaking uh, for the centurion. And, but then after the message, after Jesus hears, he's amazed. He's, he actually, some translations say he marveled at this man. And, and they, he turns to the crowd. So there's a crowd there. And he says, I, I tell you the truth. I've not found such great faith even 
in Israel. So then the men who were there they, they, that were sent, they, they now go back to the house and they find the servant well. Again, what a scene. And don't you love Jesus? Amen. Amen. It reminds me of, he loves Jesus. Um, <laughs> don't you love Jesus? Amen. Oh, come on. Don't you love Jesus? Amen. Yes, yes. We're going to sing another song. You know, it reminds me of what Jesus says way back in Luke chapter 4. This was like a half a year ago. But Luke 4, he's quoting the prophet Isaiah. And he says this. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And I think in chapter 7, this is exactly what Jesus is doing. He is truly reaching now the outcast or the outsider. His ministry is reaching those who maybe others, especially I'd say religious leaders, maybe have overlooked. If you remember, there's more scenes of this. If you remember our journey through Luke, he heals that man with leprosy. Leprosy, people probably not hanging too close with people with leprosy. He, he heals a paralytic. Remember the paralytic that was lowered down through the mat? Uh, he remember he even calls a tax collector which is crazy in that society. You know, the people weren't real big fans of the tax collectors. And yet he, he calls him. And what does he call him to be? He calls him to be one of his disciples. And so Jesus continues to reach out in ways that are shocking to his Jewish followers. And now he's reaching out to the centurion. And, and so you can see Jesus, he's expanding that circle of who gets invited in to experience the healing power of God's kingdom, reaching outcasts, reaching outsiders. But let's talk about this outsider, this centurion, for a second. He's a Roman officer. Centurion, that kind of sounds like century. Century, right? How many years is a century? hundred years. A centurion, he's over around 100 men. It says he's well-respected, favorable, right? Someone who's known who, uh, as loving the nation. Someone in some way has helped build the synagogue. I love the way the Bible describes him in very favorable ways, which would be a little bit shocking to a Jewish reader reading this account, right? To speak well of a Gentile. And yet, have you read the Bible? Have you noticed in the New Testament, it does this again and again and again. It speaks actually quite well of the outsider. And of course, none of this is by accident. We're going to go a little bit further into that a little bit later on. But you can see some of these attributes of the centurion come out in this story. I just want to talk about three of them. The first one would be this. That he's kind. He's kind. He shows care and concern for his servant. I don't think many of us as modern readers would agree with him on even having a servant, right? That doesn't sit well with me. I'm not a fan of that. But in that culture, we've got to understand, 2,000 years ago, that would be very normal, especially for a person in that position, to have a servant. And yet, treating your servant with that kind of care and concern and kindness, church, that is not normal. I was reading Barclay's commentary. Some of you guys have Barclay's commentary. And this is what he writes about this issue. He says, in Roman law, a slave was defined as a living tool. He had no rights. A master could ill treat him, even kill him if he chose. A Roman writer on estate management recommends the farmer to examine his implements every year to throw out those which are old and broken and to do the same with his slaves. Normally, when a slave was past his work, he was thrown out to die. So the attitude of this centurion to his servant, that doesn't sound like that at all, does it? Right? It actually sounds the complete opposite. So we need to know that this kindness that he's showing, it's quite unusual. He's also humble. 
Uh, there's a humility to him. I don't think it's a false humility. It's a true humility. What, what does he say? Remember, he says, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I, I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you. He's humble, but he's also a man of faith, great faith. Right? He says, but say the word and my servant shall be healed. But say the word and my servant shall be healed. Do you think that's incredible faith? That's incredible faith. All I need is your word. Your word is enough. I, I love how he continues. The centurion, he, he actually describes how as a centurion, if he asks someone to go, guess what that person's going to do? They're going to go. If he asks someone to come, they're going to come. If he asks someone to do something, guess what? They're going to do it. All with what? With a word. With a word. And here he's believing in Jesus, that Jesus has authority to what? To heal his servant. That if Jesus just gives the word, guess what? It's going to happen. Tremendous faith. So he's kind. He's humble. He's a man full of faith. And Jesus responds to him, responds to his faith in quite a favorable way. In fact, the Bible says when Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. Everyone say amazed. 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 Other translations again say that he marveled at, at this man. I tell you, you know, I have not found such great faith in all of Israel. There's another time Jesus is amazed or marvels. Here he's amazed at the centurion's faith. But, but another time Jesus is ministering. He's teaching in a synagogue, actually in Nazareth. It's going okay, but people start asking him questions. Remember this account? And they're like, wait a minute, but isn't this the carpenter? Right? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Hey, aren't his sisters here with us, right? And that doubt just begins to creep in. And they actually, something rises up within them. They take offense at Jesus. But then listen to what the Bible says next. Verse 4, Jesus says to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Don't you love that? Like, oh, he could only heal a few people. Like, wow. Anyways, verse 6, he was, say it with me, amazed at their lack of faith. So his people... You tracking with me? His people, the Jewish people, followers of the God of Israel, he's amazed at their lack of faith. And yet here in our story, this outsider, this centurion, this Gentile, when Jesus hears his words, yeah, Jesus is amazed again. But this time not for a lack of faith, but instead because of faith. That led me to a pretty personal question this week. How might Jesus be amazed by me? What an awkward way to phrase it. <laughs> but how might Jesus be amazed by me? Is he amazed by my faith or amazed by my lack of faith? Either way, it looks like he's amazed. <laughs> but how and why is Jesus amazed by us? It's a great question, isn't it? Right? It's a good question to ask. Think about your life. Think about how you're living. Think about how you're responding to moments of crisis, hardship. Think about how you're acting, how you're treating people, the words that come out of your mouth when, when financial struggles hit, when there's work struggles, marriage struggles, when there's struggles on the interstate 167 or interstate 5. You pick, but there's struggles. Is Jesus amazed by your faith in that moment or amazed by your lack of faith? You know, I think throughout the Gospels, Jesus is looking for people of faith. It's still true today. We come to Jesus through faith, by faith. He's looking for people of faith. And praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord. You don't have to have the right religious upbringing. You don't have to come from the right parents or the right family or the right city or any of that. Jesus, in fact, he's not even that impressed with those things. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to and fro to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. He is looking for hearts that are full of faith. And again, in the story of the centurion, it would be shocking. It would go against any Jewish reader what they would expect because who are supposed to be the people of faith? It's supposed to be them, right? But Jesus, he's amazed at their lack of faith and yet sees this Gentile Roman centurion and he says, Wow, I am amazed. I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Church, I hope you'd agree with this statement, but... For me, I, I just, I feel this way. Something powerful happens when a person, any person, man, woman, child of any religion, pagan, Jewish, Hindu, Buddhist, Muslim, something powerful, supernaturally powerful and transformative happens when any human being, anyone made in the image of God comes to Jesus in humility, in repentance and puts their faith in him. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed how when a person begins to live a life defined by their faith in Jesus, how everything begins to change? At least for me, it is so apparent to me who is living by faith, who is not living by faith. I mean, you can spot them in a lineup. It's obvious the difference between people who live by faith, those who do not. And in this story, we actually don't know what goes on after this, right? You flip the page, you don't get to hear how the centurion lived from this point on. I'd like to think that he continued walking in the faith. He became this amazing follower of Jesus, but we really don't know. But for us in 2019, in the month of November, for us in our lives, we actually get to see this played out. We get to see the power of faith walked out day by day, step by step in the lives of the believers around us, right? The believers around us, maybe it's your family members, your classmates, your co-workers, in ourselves. When a person lives by faith, it really does put a person on a completely different trajectory than those living without faith. Because think about it, in one day, just take one day, I know there's a lot of days, but just take one day, think about all of the decisions that you and I get to make in that one day. And we have the freedom to choose whether we will walk by sight or walk by faith. Walk by what we see in the natural or walk by what we believe in the supernatural. Walk by your fear and your anxiety and your doubts and your worry or walk by what Scripture tells us about Jesus and His promises. We can make decisions influenced by the spirit of this age and the spirit of this world or we can choose to make decisions by the Spirit of God living in us. We have that choice, church. Making decisions, I mean, even in the smallest of areas. I don't care if people make fun of me that I pray about even the smallest of things. I'm tired of trying to live on my own. I'm going to walk by faith in the smallest of areas. And when you see someone walking by faith, that person, I mean, they're not even on the same playing field as someone who's not walking with faith. It's literally a new way of being human. Does that make sense? Have you noticed that in your own life when you came to Jesus? It was like, whoa, like, it's like maybe I've actually been what? Born again. A new way to be human. It's so, again, obvious that you can spot the person walking by faith, those not walking by faith. Life spring, hear me out, and I hope you can agree with this. We are a people of faith. And the good, bad, and ugly, we are a people of faith. And our faith is in who? Jesus. My faith is in Jesus. Your faith is in Jesus. That means we look to Jesus. 
We looked at Jesus. He's our hope. He's, uh, he's the one that we trust in. He's the one that we believe in. He's the one that we declare confidently, boldly, unashamedly. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe in who you are. I even believe in who you say you are. So I put my hope in you. I put all that I am, all my eggs, come on, finish it with me, are in one basket. My hope, my trust, my faith is in you. We talked about this last week, and if you missed last week, please take time to watch the podcast. But many people came to Jesus, remember? Many people came to Jesus, many people heard the words of Jesus. Many people came to Jesus, many people heard the words of Jesus. But what was the difference between those who built their house on the foundation that withstood the torrent of water compared to those who built their house without a foundation? It was they heard his, his, heard his words, heard the words of Jesus, but they also did what he said. They obeyed his commands. Listen, church, followers of Jesus, who we are, we so strongly believe in Jesus that our faith, it actually influences our decisions, our actions, our belief. It influences the words that come out of our mouths. Our faith, it influences the deeds that come out of our hands. People who build their house on the foundation of Jesus fully believe in him. They trust in what he says and they have faith in his power. I got to go send somebody to talk to Jesus because with a word, my servant can be healed. I love this definition of faith. Maybe write it down if you're taking notes. Complete trust. Complete confidence in someone or something. Complete trust or confidence in something or someone. When you lose your job, where's your faith? Who is it in? When you're having car trouble and the bill is more than you can pay, come on. Where's your faith? Who is it in? When you're sick, when you're hurting, where's your faith? Who is it in? When you're scared, when you're worried, when you're human, where's your faith? Who is it in? Many of you recently have been in situations that are pretty tough, really, really hard. And my heart breaks for you. Your faith has been tested, but also, church, man, I'm proud of you. You've kept the faith. You've endured. You've persevered. It reminds me of 1 Peter chapter 1. He says, so when your faith remains strong, everyone say strong. When your faith remains strong when you're walking through Disneyland. No, that's not what it says. Boy, do I have faith when I'm in the happy... Okay, so when your faith remains strong, what? Through many trials. Really? No, when your faith remains strong through many trials. Look at this, church. It will bring you much praise and glory and honor on that day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Our faith would remain strong through the trials again. Some of you guys are going through some serious stuff. But that your faith would remain strong through the trials. The centurion, think about it. He had someone he cared deeply about. This, that, like we, sometimes with Bible stories, we just kind of gloss through them. and Like, oh, isn't that cute? No, this is someone he dearly loves who is sick and they are going to die. Have you ever been in a situation like that before? In that moment, in the midst of that very real trial, the centurion, he had a decision to make. He had to decide where he was going to put his faith. And he put his faith, his complete trust, his complete confidence in Jesus. But how about us this morning? 
How about you? How about me? Where's our faith? Who is it in? When we get the diagnosis, when we get the bill, when we get the letter, the email, the text, whatever it is, when the trials of life hit, when the raging waters come, where's our faith and who is it in? Again, many of you, challenging situations, but it's encouraging as your pastor to see your faith. I know you've got hard days, dark days, lonely days, but you've kept walking with Jesus. You've kept the faith. You know, as a church, we've been praying for Pastor Tom. Tom Gordon and his family and his wife, Sarah. Thank you, LifeSpring, for the way you've prayed for them. Thank you for the way that you've prayed for the church. It's been powerful to see how you've been just serving, radically serving with joy. I I haven't heard you complaining. I haven't heard you griping. Just again and again, you come to me, Dan. How can I help? How can I serve? Thank you for that. Pastor Tom is actually here today. Tom, would you raise your hand over in the back? He's with his family, with Sarah, Isabella, Isaac. He's gone through some hard days. Even now, walking through some challenging times. He's going through stuff he wouldn't want anyone to go through. And yet he stayed strong in the faith. I'm so encouraged by your faith, Tom. I've been challenged by your faith. It's like, oh, I've got to step up my game. We wanted to spend some time today praying for Tom and for his family. Because, come on, church, if God can heal a centurion's servant with a word, we know that he can do the same thing in Tom's body. That's what we're believing for. That's what we're contending for. That's what we're asking for. It's what we have faith for. That with a word... Tom, you will be completely healed of cancer. And and I know that when we talk like this, we think of different things. Different things come to mind. We think of those that aren't healed. We think about prayers that maybe weren't answered the way we wanted them to be answered. And again, I think that's a pretty normal place to go. It's normal as a human to think through those things. But I'm really thankful. I've had a lot of great mentors in my life who have challenged me and cautioned me in this area And they'd say something like this, Dan, do not create your theology on what God didn't do, but base your theology on what God can do. See, that we would live by faith in what God can do. Church, just real quick, just this past week, Wayne and Cindy, right? We all know Wayne and Cindy Ferris, a great example of this. They're moving forward and planting this church. And on Wednesday, Cindy Ferris stepped out in faith and she put her two-week notice in at her job. It was a hard day as well. The, the response wasn't exactly how she, she thought it would go. Puts in her two-week notice. The very next day, she's over in the Nine Mile School District, if you guys know where that is, over in the Spokane area. Actually, the Nine Mile area is where P- Pastor Wayne and Cindy are wanting to plant a church. It's a small school district. There's only three schools in this district. And yet, she interviews for a job. And the very next day, church, come on, she got the job. Praise the Lord. They stepped out in faith. I don't know about you, but there's just something that rises up within me. I mean, they stepped out in faith, believing in what God can do, and they saw God move in a supernatural way of provision. And as we read the Word, and I know most of you just, you love the Word, you're reading the Word, you know that God is a God who heals. In fact, we're foursquare. We know Jesus Christ, He's what? The same yesterday, today, and forever. Scripture is clear that Jesus has given us His power and authority. Luke 9 declares His power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. So in this moment, 
11.06, I just, man, this is rising up within me this week, that we'd be a people of courage, that we'd just put our complete confidence, our complete trust, not in ourselves, but in Jesus. Let's step out in faith, pray for the Gordon family, to the glory of God, right? For the advancement of His kingdom, that we'd be bold in our prayers, that we'd be bold in our prayers, that in the name of Jesus, Tom would be healed. Carrying the authority, carrying the power in the name of Jesus, every cancer cell be gone. Bow its knee to the authority of Jesus. Be removed in the name of Jesus. Church, it's a testimony. Tom and I talk about this. This is a testimony to a hurting world. This is a testimony to a, a world that is just looking for hope, looking for something looking. There's got to be a better way. There's got to be a different way to be human. And yet we can see as God works through Tom's life, the healing that he'd want to do. And, and I just think of Luke 4 again, that he's still in the business of giving the blind sight. He's still in the business of setting the oppressed free, bringing freedom for prisoners. I cried when I wrote this. Because I just feel it within me. I feel the, the Spirit just stirring that a healing word would be spoken over Tom's body today. That would result in many coming to salvation and eternal life in Christ. Revival, church. This isn't for death and destruction. This is for the goodness of God. We just sang about the goodness of God. For the goodness of His kingdom. But also for the lost would be found. So this is what we're going to do. We want to pray. For you, Tom, we don't want to rush this. But maybe we could, if I could get some help, push out some of these rows. So maybe if you're in the first or second row, just kind of go to the side and we'll move some of these chairs. Just kind of push them off to the side. I was thinking about this week. What I love about the centurion is he wasn't even asking prayer for himself, was he? Isn't that wild? I never thought of that before. But he was praying for who? He was praying for a servant. And who was healed? His servant. You see how biblical it is for us to pray for another person? Hey, God, we have a friend here. And this isn't a story. It's not a little Bible story. This is real life. God, we have a friend here. And we believe in your authority. We believe in the power of your name. And with a word, our friend will be healed. And so, Tom, if, if you want to come maybe up here. and I've never done this before. I, I don't know how this goes. But, Tom, and your family, if you guys want to come up here. And church, if we could just kind of surround them. And lay hands on them. And if you can't get to them, lay hands on the person um, in front of you, people online that are watching, if at this moment you could just be interceding for this family, praying for them, that in the name of Jesus, this cancer would be gone. Pastor Wayne and Cindy, I know you guys are watching this. If you guys could be praying right now for this family.
Well, this is your couple. These are your kids. They have been bought with a price. They are yours. They are yours. They are yours. They are yours. yours. If just several different people could just pray out. Heavenly Father, we know that you are Camping. Remove it far from him, never to return. Make him whole and healthy and strong so he can return to his church and work to bring new souls into your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Your hands on the sick and they shall recover. And right now we're just obeying your word. And in Jesus' name, the mighty power of our Lord Jesus Christ, Tom, be healed. In Jesus' name, that our through our salvation we can walk in wholeness body soul and spirit you you paid the price on that cross god you paid you've signed your name on that in jesus name we can we ask for complete health all these symptoms just dry up and leave in jesus name be healed tom in jesus name be healed Permission in your word to ask for healing. You give us permission to speak to us specifically that day that we can come to the Father as the sick father and ask for his church and all of ours to know that you come to us right now in the name of Jesus for healing for my son, Lord. Heal him of any problem. Heal him, Lord. Heal him. Heal him. Heal him. Lord. Lord, heal him of any hurt. Thank you, Jesus. Heal him. sickness or sorrow, but that there would be health, that there would be life, new life, just fresh air breathed in and out. Our God is a God of salvation, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death. and laid their friend down in your midst. You said you saw their faith and you healed him. So Lord, we come before you right now. We're not, we're tearing down the darkness that it be around, dear Lord, and we're tearing our way up to you in heaven, dear Lord. And we ask, Lord, that you would see our faith and that you would heal Tom. We thank you, dear Lord. You are our God. You are concerned with what we're concerned with, dear Lord. And and I know that Tom has been trusting you. But, Lord, your faith can just waver at times and just testing and trial. But, Lord, we have fresh faith. We ask, Lord, that you would touch him and heal him. In Jesus, your name, amen. and forever and father we thank you for your son that took all the stripes lord for everything for every person 
And so, Lord, I just thank you that by his stripes, God, Tom is healed. Father, I pray for the, his wife and the children, that this family that has been through so much, God. And, Father, I just ask that you bring people in their path that will speak love and encouragement and faith to them, Lord. Father, that who, whose who's, uh, report will you believe? We believe in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, the healer, the restorer. And, Father, I thank you. I thank you for their witness, Lord. Father, that you have bring, brought them forth at such a time as this. And I just pray, God, that today, Lord, it, it's a new day. Father, that they will have a, a freshness in their spirit, Lord. Father, that when they step out, Lord, they will feel that your arm is not too short, God. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise in advance, God, for what you're doing. We give you praise, God. You only you, Lord. Yes, Father. We just come against any spirits that would try to tear them down, would, would whisper in their ears, Lord. Father, that it's, it's, it's impossible. But God, with you, all things are possible. And we just say, Satan, you have to take your hand off in the name of Jesus, that you're bought and, and but by the blood of Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord. Thank you. Praise you, God. Praise you, God. Thank you. Throne. God, and I just, uh, through, through the blood of, of Christ Jesus, you have given us authority. And so we proclaim with authority, Tom, be healed in Jesus' name to the glory of God our Father. Be healed. We praise you and we give you thanks. spirits of this dark age. And we know that when we lift up a, a sacrifice of praise, that you will fight the battles for us in, this, in the realm of spirituality. So, Father God, we lift up our sacrifice of praise to you. We praise you and we worship you, O oh God, because when we praise you and worship you, you fight the battles for us. We praise you, Almighty God. We do not forget that you are God and that you fight the battles when we praise you and worship you, O oh God. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we exalt your holy name, O oh God. You are the King. You are the King of kings. You are the healer, O oh God. That is one of your names, O oh God. You are the God that heals, and we call upon that name, and we praise you, O oh God. We do not forget to praise you, O oh God. Praise you, holy master. Jesus, praise the name of Jesus. He's my rock, He's my fortress, He's my deliverer, in Him will I trust. Praise the name of Jesus. In God, you're so good. In God, you're so good. 
Let's proclaim that. Let's sing that again. And God, You're so good. God, You're so good. Oh God, You're so good. You're so good to me. And I exalt Why exalt Yes, I exalt Church, we just, I just feel like there's a few more moments here. I, I know, it, I get it, but just, I feel like we're not done yet. Amen. Amen.
And God, she's been a good helpmate, Lord. And I pray for you to strengthen her physical body. And Lord, that you will increase her faith tenfold, Lord. Father, that when doubts come, she will just cast them aside, Lord, as she knows, she knows that her husband is in the palm of your hands, Lord. And I thank you, Father. I thank you for her, for her faith. Thank you for the witness, Lord, for their little body, their little congregation just down the street, God, that you will increase their faith, Lord, that they will they will shout from the housetops when the miracle happens, God. Yes, Lord, that's, that's what you want, Lord. You want that little church, God, to grow in you. Thank you, Lord. I thank you for them that they're faithful to pray for their pastors. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Crest of the hill right here was a banner, and it's like they have to come through us, and we hold the keys here, and, and we have authority over here. And, and I know the enemy would would want would to knock down that authority, and we just take authority over that in Jesus' name. These pastors here are here for a mission to take the kingdom of Edgewood and the surrounding areas, Lord, that you have a plan for this area. And... And Tom is a part of that plan. This mighty man of God will not be stopped. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord, that what you're doing on this hilltop, God, and it's through these pastors and their wives and and the people committed to this call, God. Thank you, Lord.
strengthen this man to join me again this morning. Right where we were standing, let's sing again, God, you're so good. And God, you're so good. Oh God, you're so good. God, you're so good. You're so good to me. Yes, God, you're so good. God, you're so good. Oh, God, you're so good. You're so good to me. So, Lord, we exalt you this morning, God. We thank you that you're a faithful God. And, Lord, all the prayers that have gone up this morning, God, that you hear our prayer, God. And you're faithful to answer. Church, uh, this morning, just before we leave, um, as we're coming to a close here, I just want to remind you of a few things. Uh, We'll have uh, people up here in front for prayer. If you uh, still need prayer, uh, whether that is uh, sickness, you just need someone agreeing with you in prayer, uh, Dave and Debbie will be here up front. Don't leave here if you need prayer. All right? And uh, if you're visiting with us today, we want to say we hope you enjoyed your morning. It's good to have you here with us. Uh, Before you leave, there's a welcome table out in the lobby. And we want you guys to stop by there. There's a fill out a connection card, and we have a gift for you. And it's a v- really good gift, all right? And, uh, and remember, Olive Crest is out in the lobby. Uh, stop by their table, get some information from them, okay? And uh, just before we leave, can we all look up here and say this together? Um, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine, According to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Have a great Sunday, church. Thanks for joining us. All right.